Big Talk. The Book Review. 20 minutes past four. As always, we start with a thriller. And uh, the thriller is Saul Black's Love Murder, Death at First Sight. It is the second book by Saul Black. The first one was called Killing Lessons. I haven't read it, but having read this one, I am certainly going to be looking for the Killing Lessons. The second one uh, features uh, the detective introduced into the first one, Catherine Glass. She is um, a detective in San Francisco. And and Saul Black is a pseudonym, a pseudonym for um, a man called Glenn Duncan, who a few years ago, I mean, he's a reasonably successful in terms of reviews, literary novelist. And it was about about five, six years ago that he said, you know what, I'm sick and tired of writing books which the critics love and hardly anybody ever buys and reads. So I'm going to reinvent myself. And he changed his name from Glenn Duncan to Saul Black. And he wrote a horror, um, a horror trilogy, The Last Werewolf, Tallulah Rising, and By Blood We Live. And those three were apparently, or it's not a genre I follow much, but they were apparently very successful. And uh, then he decided to start writing thrillers. And this is the second. And it is a serial killer thriller. San Francisco homicide detective Valerie Hart is called to a murder scene and the murder scene reintroduces Catherine Glass to her life. Six years previous, this isn't the subject matter of the first book. It's just a backstory to the second book. Six years ago, Catherine Glass was convicted on six counts of murder one. She and a male partner who was not arrested and tried and sentenced had kidnapped and subjected to the most awful sexual torture, women. And they'd filmed what they were doing. They'd filmed themselves, and those films were available, and um, Catherine Glass put her away. Six years later, a similar set of crimes starts to occur. And even though she doesn't want to, Catherine Glass, in a sense, feels she has to, uh, 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 um, at least... um, the detective, the detective Valerie Hart, feels compelled to visit Catherine Glass in prison and get her on board to try and track down her previous partner and if he has a new female accomplice. Because he is leaving clues, very, very deep, complicated, subterranean clues, which it is thought only his previous serial killer partner, Catherine Glass, can help interpret. And each clue says, I'm going to kill somebody. Um, He has some clues as to who I'm going to kill this person and when I'm going to kill them and where I am going to kill them. And they're not quick enough in the first to to get to there and prevent the, the murder. And so Catherine moves closer to the center of the investigation with some quite scary consequences. It's good stuff. I mean, it's, it's genre stuff. It's not hugely memorable, but um, I'm certainly on the basis of the second, Love Murder by Saul Black, going to be looking for the first, The Killing Lessons by Saul Black. I'm also not a huge fan of um, what one might call saga Genres, these these books that take place over four generations, over a hundred years, and and tell the stories of these families that are interlinked over generations and over geographies. So for me to say that the saga that I read, Pachinko by Min Jin Lee, is very good means that for people who like 
that kind of fiction. They're probably going to regard this as absolutely excellent. It is Min Jin Lee's second book, and it's called Pachinko, and Pachinko is a sort of weird kind of combination of, of pinball and something else that they play in Japan. And it looks at the experience of four generations of Koreans in Japan. Japan is a country which is notoriously hostile to people who come from other parts of South Asia and particularly hostile, it seems, to Koreans. And you have to kind of hide the fact that you're not Japanese and try and get away with the fact that you're not Japanese if you can. And there are these four generations of Koreans who start in 1911 and adapt with various degrees of success to life in Japan. What I particularly liked about it and what I, what I don't like about some of the other sagas that I read is that she tells the story simply. She says, my characters and my plot are rich enough to sustain a simple way of telling the story because I find that a lot of these, the writing is overwrought. It's, it's, it's replete with, with adjectives and, and it's just there's too much description as if they don't trust the story. But Min Jin Lee trusts her story and her story, I think, is all the better for it. A deep, broad, addictive history of a Korean family in Japan. It's called Pachinko by Min Jin Lee. And then the non-fiction. I love Davis O'Bell. Um, she has. She's one of those people who who writes about interesting episodes in in science and 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 history. The, the sort of nexus of science and history. And and she does her research well. And she she writes very well. Longitude, Galileo's daughter, the planets. Um, those are some of the books that she has read. And her latest is called The Glass Universe, The Hidden History of the Women Who Took the Measure of the Stars. And one of the things that we, we talk about quite a lot on, on Cape Talk and we talk about as a nation is how do we get more women into science? How do we get more women excited by science? How do we break some of the gender barriers which are around there? And I suppose one of the conclusions to draw from this book is that if you have an environment which is rich in free thinking and possibilities and respect, talented women will join the scientific endeavor and they will shine. Because what this does is tell the story of what happened at the Harvard College Observatory just about a hundred years ago. Edward Pickering was director of the Harvard College Observatory from 1877 and he had a fervor to engage women, not only as computers, as people who are writing down and notating data, but as an early form of citizen scientist. And there was this team of star hunters that turned their eyes to the heavens. And they put together new knowledge about the universe through an incredible collection of glass photographic plates. Each one of those plates captured a rash of light from the skies and many of those pinpricks had never before been seen by the human eye. And they were an extraordinary group of women. Anna Palmer Draper, Antonia Maury, Henrietta Swan Levitt, and, and so on. And he tells, as she at least, Davis Bill, tells their stories with huge respect for their scientific endeavor, huge respect for what they had to what they had to achieve, the barriers that they had to break down. And she does so in very, very lucid and wonderful prose. And it, it's one of those books that increases your fascination for the subject matter 
and for the history of the subject matter. It's a, it's a wonderful piece of popular science history writing, The Glass Universe, The Hidden History of the Women Who Took the Measure of the Stars by Deva Sobel. It's 28 minutes past four.